Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, August the 2nd, and this is episode number 158. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Things are going good, Rod. Lots of things to talk about tonight. Yeah, I think we'll just uh, skip over the usual weather talk and uh, bring our bring our guest in. Uh, Vince Kalati is joining us tonight to help us kind of sort things out. Vince, hello, how, how are you guys doing? Going? Doing doing, okay. doing great. Um, yeah, Vince, I kind of owe you an apology. I was thinking we had you on like a year <laughs> or so ago, and here it's been like, um, like you know, like way back when the podcast started. So, uh, so it's good to have you back. I- at least I think so when we were discussing it. So I'll have to like scroll back on Spotify and find it. <laughs> yeah, it's been like years. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's good to have you on again. Um, yeah, excited to be back on. So, uh, so yeah. So um, before we uh, launch into the Browns talk, which we have uh, plenty to talk about, we're going to talk about our Blitz beverages. And Vince, you're the guest. We're going to let you kick it off and tell us cool. what you're drinking. So I'm drinking an Alesmith Brewing Company Nut Brown English Style Brown Ale tonight. Um, it's good. interesting. It's uh, one of those. I went to the local um, went to the local liquor store and was looking up some different local try to find local brews or unique ones, and I found this one that's pretty good. And then water to balance it out. <laughs> oh, that's what I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I just have a beer tonight, but I wasn't trying to top anybody. But I had one of these, and I haven't had it on the show yet. It's an Arche Exotic Matter Fruited Double New England Milkshake IPA with Blood Orange and Madagascar Vanilla. Jeez, that is a lot of stuff. That's a lot. That's a mouthful <laughs> right there. Yeah, it is. But is it good? It's really good. Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like, um, I like the blood orange, um, and I like the new England IPAs. So, um, this, this one's very well done. It's, it's got a nice, it's got a nice balance to it. I mean, it comes in a convenient 16 ounce can too. So, um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Safe, safe uh, trips to the refrigerator. <laughs> that's right. And it's 8.5% alcohol. So it's, it's going to be just right tonight. So, uh, wow. You, you can't go wrong with anything at our shade as far as I'm concerned. No, I agree. I agree. So I kind of forgot I had this because um, I got to get a few of these um, a month or so ago. And, it came, and, and the, I got a four pack and the last two got shoved back to the back of the refrigerator. So I kind of kind of found it. And I'm like, oh, this would be a good one. Good one. That's what happened tonight. with mine. Mine was sitting in the back and I was like, oh, yeah, I still have this. So yeah. <laughs> and you were like, hey, if you have something, I was like, oh, I can drink this tonight. Yeah, but uh, I think so. This are you is able like to a, get Arche down there now, Rod? Um, you know, it the, it's showing up more and more, more and more options. So I mean, okay, there's good. always a few, depending on which yeah. store you go to. Like I got this at Dorothy Lane Market just up the street, and they had oh. probably they had probably six or eight different uh, beers by Arche. That's nice. a surprise out over there. I figured it might be at Arrow. Um. I don't know if I've seen it at Arrow, but That's I've where seen I got it. the Alesmith. Okay, yeah, I've seen it other places, but a lot of places you're lucky if you get um, if you see more than two or three different kinds. I see it. I've seen it at Kroger actually occasionally, but it's usually only a couple kinds, like the holiday varieties and that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so you're that, saying Dorothy that, Lane's a good place to to go for craft beer. Dorothy Lane Market, um, I mean, they don't have a ton of beer, but they got a nice little selection. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, of of kind of unusual stuff. I love that store. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can spend a lot of money fast there, but. um, (laughs) Yeah, you really can. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's, um, not where we do our everyday grocery shopping. Oh, no, same here. If we want some nice sushi or if we. want to just grab like a meal for two real quick or something sometimes if you want a really nice steak that's where we'll we'll go yeah yeah it's it's a good place to treat yourself definitely so but um yeah great beer choices tonight and um let's talk some browns guys Uh, all righty we finally got 
the word yesterday morning on the uh, on the Sue Robinson. I get, we'll call it a decision, uh, suspension, mm-hmm. um, six games, and uh, we're, we're still, I guess, in the what we call the middle of the the three day period that the NFL has in which they can choose to appeal. So, um, mm-hmm. so let me go to you guys, and uh, Vince, I'll go to you first. Um, your thoughts on the six games, and then your thoughts as to whether you think the NFL is going to appeal to themselves on this yeah so uh i'm gonna be honest i feel a little uncomfortable with six games and i feel like the only reason it was six games was simply because she was following the precedent that was set in there it made it seem like when i read this stuff uh if if either of you follow cameron justice on twitter um she is like a local cleveland reporter and she had laid out she had tweeted out like the decision how it was laid down it made it seem like sue robinson was more agreeing with the NFL on their stuff, but she's like, your policy is so messed up with the, how you how you have it set up, and it's convoluted that I can only follow the precedent and give six games. She noted that this is the longest suspension for sexual violence, I believe, is what she what she noted, but non-violence or not violence, sexual misconduct. Uh, yeah. yeah, but um, it um, it seems like she was. She's like, I have to follow whatever the precedent was set here, and it made it seem like it could be more. So, I'm not. I won't be surprised if the NFL does it for public pressure. But at the same time, they also have the pressure of making sure she, um, that her very first big case with the NFL and uh, this type of thing that they can't be like, oh, we're just gonna sweep everything under the rug. Whatever you say basically doesn't matter going forward. So I wonder if they'll actually let it go, but part of me thinks they will appeal and then go from there. So I, I think six was six wasn't fully surprising given what we were they were talking about previously, um, from what people were tweeting out and stuff. But uh, I think it probably from what she wrote down probably feels like it could have been could have been and should have been longer. Yeah. So so Jeff, I'll let you continue with your thoughts. You know, I was thinking about this whole notion of appealing. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can understand from the players and the the union's perspective, if they felt that a penalty was too harsh, that they could appeal the ruling and say, you know, hey, we have some evidence that we think, you know, should be heard that might sway the decision um you know to a lesser penalty or something but um i mean everybody had a chance really to to air out all of the information that they had um Mm -hmm. sue robinson took six weeks or something to to consider all of this right and look at all the precedents and weigh all the evidence there was multiple opportunities to you know to present things um if the NFL at this point comes back and says, you know, we don't like this ruling, um, and they decide that, you know, they want to appeal this, I mean, who who would the NFL really be appealing to? It's Goodell that uh, Goodell. Well, that's just that's my point. That's is that you know, right. Roger Goodell would be saying, okay, um, you know, we we let this charade of a of a arbitration process go on we don't like how it turned out so now we're just going to step in and overrule it right and that's where i think they're going to have it it's they're kind of almost in a rock and a hard place at this point so so how does that make the nfl look and 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 why do you have this process to begin with if you're just going to step in and overrule it right okay i think you know i think the the whole point of this this convoluted mess that this this whole case has been or cases have been is is about the nfl looking tough mm-hmm. while still being able to put a marquee player out on the field right. and um and get tv ratings right so so six games feels like a pretty harsh penalty when you compare it to other non-violent sexual offenders in the past mm-hmm. okay um but coincidentally it allows deshaun watson to come back in time 
for the Browns to still have a good shot in our division. We don't we only lose lose one division game. Um, he's back in time for Monday Night Football. Thank goodness, because you know Rod and I are going to that game, right? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, right. So um, you know what a coincidence, you know that that um, the marquee game for the Browns, um, you know Cleveland versus Cincinnati, Monday Night Football, Week Eight. Uh, or is that week nine? Oh, anyway, it's our yeah. eighth game. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. he's going to be he's going to be available for it. Yay! You know, right? He comes so, back for Baltimore, and then it's the Monday night game. Right. So, so what's Goodell going to do? He's gonna, is he going to come back and say, "Well, geez, you know, we we feel like you know we we've let women down, and and you know we haven't made a strong enough statement here, so we're going to keep Deshaun Watson from playing on Monday night football." I don't see the the financial side of that working out real well. Yeah, someone said yeah. the Browns should suspend him until he uh, shows some remorse, and I was like, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but the the other thing with the the Deshaun Watson situation that someone pointed out was like, yes, when you're comparing it to some of the other cases, like it is harsher, but it's also multiple women and not just one or two like Ray Rice in the past or others. So it makes it a little more complicated. But again, the NFL policy and what Robinson pointed out was that the NFL may be forward-facing, but they're not forward-looking. You can't just be like, oh, because of this public backlash, we have to do it this way. So there's a lot of issues with the policy that she seems to be taking with it, and this is a much more complicated situation with that policy in place. It's a stinky policy, (laughs) to put it politely. Yeah, it's yeah, the first time the NFL has gone through this process. Right. Yeah, and, and that's really, I think, where some anger should be placed. And I, I've seen people, uh, you know, be upset with us, but it, it's really the policy. And this, this really does just point out the fact that um, that the policy needs to be changed. Right. It needs to well, be updated and fixed. And Sue Robinson clearly spelled that out. Yeah, you, know, mm-hmm. you, you can't hold people responsible to a to a standard that you haven't established, right? right. Especially with the, the issues that the owners uh, have had in the past too for very similar situations. Right. Yeah. And it's in your stuff that they're supposed to be held to a higher standard, and uh, we we've seen Daniel Snyder just be skating by on stuff. So there's a, again a lot of issues. Not Deshaun Watson did not do himself any favors in this by not showing any remorse by having a pattern of something that's very uh, creepy and awkward. Um, so <laughs> to, to put it again, PG 13, but you know, it's not um, it, it's, it's everybody is so someone wrote an article. Everybody loses in this, but Deshaun Watson, because he doesn't lose a ton of money. He still gets to go and play, which is true, but he loses something with his reputation and his, He's going to have to do a lot of work again to kind of regain some audience, regain some fans. So let me let me ask you guys a question based on what Vince just said. Okay, Um, that you know the the impact on Deshaun Watson, the player. Okay, let's just say that you know he comes back from this and and he gets rehabilitated and he goes on to have a great career with the Browns and maybe another team down the road. Uh, puts up r- ridiculous numbers, wins two or three Super Bowls. Okay, does this incident preclude him from consideration for the Hall of Fame? I guess Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the uh, litmus test for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree uh, because uh, he had some issues very early on in his career, and it was kind of glossed over at the end. So I, I do wonder if. If that is uh, if that'll be something or similar to like Mike Vick's uh, turnaround after his after serving time in jail and and for and coming back, I, I wonder if those if when they're up and eligible, if that is going to be something that players are precluded from. Like O.J. Simpson still in the Hall of Fame, they didn't remove and we, him. And we are talking the football Hall of Fame, not the baseball right. Hall of Fame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, it's a different standard. I mean, right. it is. Exactly. It is a different standard. You know, they, they let Ray Lewis in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, football is definitely, you know, uh, what, um, 99% about uh, 
what you did on the field or well i would say it's it's 50 percent what you did on the field and um 49 what your team did on the field and one percent off field right. right and what you <laughs> and yeah and and how you're perceived off field as as well as over time as i as it goes that there's still people that refuse to forgive michael vick for what he did there's still people that refuse to forgive ben roethlisberger for what he did again i don't i was younger when all of that happened so i don't know how what ben's response was to that but you know I, I think i think when he comes up if that gets brought up a lot we'll kind of see that going forward yeah so uh so jeff you mentioned you know if you said if uh, if Deshaun Watson is rehabilitated and goes forward, and you know, and we get to a point where he's he's just playing football, and we're not thinking about you know what he's doing off the field anymore, or you're not concerned that he's getting in trouble, you know, on on the weekends and everything else, or or anytime he you know goes and does anything that that there could be an issue. Um, obviously, at this point, we're still waiting to see if there's an appeal. But assuming that that time period goes past, um, when does that rehabilitation start? Uh, when oh, do I the think Browns? Well, I mean, when do the Browns step in? Um, you know, is, is there going to be a press conference after this? I mean, um, you know, it, is is there going to be? Uh, you know, is, is it time yet for people to start talking about this? And I, I guess there's still one case outstanding, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah. maybe it's still too Correct. soon for him to talk. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Look, I mean, I think ahead. the best thing for him to do is to just stop talking about this. Um, I'm sure that's what his legal advice has been right along is, you know, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, focus on the things that, that you can control from an image perspective and you see him, signing autographs for kids, giving them his shoes, doing all the things that he normally does in the community, um, will mm-hmm. begin that rehabilitation process. Um, I don't think airing dirty laundry or doing a press conference or anything like, like that moves the process along. I think it probably just reopens the wounds. Um, he just needs to get about the business of playing football now. Yeah, I'm more wondering about him coming out and saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm glad to put this behind me. I'm sorry for anybody that was, you know, offended. Well, um, any any damages did to the Browns organization. Um, you know, I'm ready to play so football now, and and I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm whatever. You know, he can say something like, I'm going to see a counselor now or whatever. Or the Browns can say that you know they're requiring counseling or something like this. Um, I you know, just think, wondering if anything like that's going to happen. I yeah. don't remember if that's in there. I know that Robinson put in the stuff that she, that he has to do. He cannot get massages outside of the team facility. And I know the Browns put out a statement already. They haven't mm-hmm. really had him talk to the media much. So I'm thinking that at some point, once my guess is after this, if this appeal goes past, at that point, whenever he comes out for press conferencing, the first one he'll probably need to show some sort of remorse thing something that says like i affected lives and i didn't think i something along this i didn't realize i did this or mm-hmm. how these people felt something along those lines that he acknowledges that maybe it was it's something that affected people and so he needs to he probably will state something like that but then like like jeff said he just kind of from there moving forward um but it, it also depends yeah. on whether the browns are going to let him talk about it if they keep him away from, they can't keep him away eventually from all the press conferences. But at some point, I don't think they'll call a separate one. I think what they'll do is on whatever next press availability is when he'll probably have to say something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would think that um, once anything is said like that, that he's you know in the future he's just going to reply to any questions about it, saying that that's behind me now. You know, and I don't think he's going to continue to address this for the next right. two years. You know, I don't I don't see um, any way that he would want to do that or that the Browns would let him do that. So. So, yeah, I agree. I'm definitely there. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's Deshaun Watson. Let's um, a couple things, guys, I guess. Uh, Jack Conklin back on back on the field uh, today off the pup list. Um, that was surprising. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. I I mean, I, I um was hoping that he'd, you know, be ready by uh, by the first game. I wasn't expecting him back this soon. Um, Same here. I mean, it worries me a little bit that he may have rushed back. Hopefully that's not the case because that was a pretty nasty injury. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's hope it's all good. Let's hope it's all good there. A um, couple other moves. Uh, Browns, um, they waived uh, Isaiah Weston with an injury designation. He's he's a guy who had a lot of size and speed. I think a lot of people were hoping that he would be a guy that might contribute this season. Um, they signed a wide receiver, Derek Dillon, I think out of necessity because they're down so mm-hmm. many wide receivers right now. Right. Um, apparently, uh, uh, Mike Woods, the wide receiver they took <laughs> in, in what the, uh, sixth round, one, six, uh-huh. sixth. Um, yeah. apparently he looks really good. Um, and you know, I think he's the guy going through the draft. Um, who a lot of people said, you know, if there's one pick people really didn't like, it's, it was Michael Woods. Um, just because he didn't seem to have the upside that other guys had and just seemed average and everything, and now he's catching everything and looks good. So yeah. um, it, it's camp. Right. So you, so you can't get too excited. And, you know, and it's and there aren't too many other guys out there catching balls right now. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, so, every, uh, uh, Cooper's out, Bell's out, Bell should be returning soon. Um, I, I, I looked at the list today, it was bad. Isn't Weston, so with injury designation, are they going to put him on, like, a special thing, or is he just totally released? Um, he, he's waived, yeah, with the yeah. injury designation, so yeah. So I think is he he's, undrafted? Yeah, he was an undrafted free agent, but he was okay. he was a guy who was, who was um, what, I mean, six six three six five and you know over 200 pounds and you know had a real good 40 time so i think he was a guy a lot of people said man hopefully he's really good you know just because he had the size i won't be surprised if he ends up on the practice squad if that injury is like out for the year just to protect him for next year maybe but uh if nobody else picks him up but uh woods yeah i heard the same thing about woods that he's been lighting it up and uh, hopefully that that is a, a good thing for us going forward, or at least he can be a developmental guy, kind of like how DPJ was well, last year and stuff. I don't know how much of a chance they had to see anything in Isaiah Weston. Right. So so I don't know if he's a the guy they want to keep around, or if you know, or if they just kind of let him float and invite him back if he gets healthy. You know, mm-hmm. that's um, true. Um, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Every year so, there seems to be a receiver who lights it up in camp, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. then kind of disappears the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> well, because uh, he makes know, a team as like the number four or five wide receiver and he doesn't get right. on the field until like the fourth game. Right. right. <laughs> it, it happens. Um, but yeah, yeah. Michael, uh, Mike Woods could be, could be that guy. I mean, That'd especially. If, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and let's just say it. He's a draft pick mm-hmm. of, of uh, you know, uh, this regime keeps most of their draft picks. Yeah, they try to. So if he's, um, if he looks good, he's probably going to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of goes without, without, you know, even though I just said it, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's, it's pretty obvious that if he looks good, he's going to make the team. They're probably not going to cut a draft pick who who has played well. Right, exactly. Uh, a, free agent, be... a free agent guy is going to have to really do something um, amazing to unseat him. Right, and and even if he ends up on like special teams for a little bit and getting work in throughout the year, he could come back for a second year as someone really good, especially if he's lighting it up this early. I think that's good. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we talked a little bit about the schedule earlier, and uh, you know, you guys were talking about games, um, games seven and, and eight. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go by game numbers, not uh, week numbers, because it gets uh, confusing. confusing with the buy and everything. But uh, <laughs> right. hey, I got to be honest with you guys, I really have not spent a lot of time looking at the schedule other than those first um, like four games. Um, mm-hmm. because I didn't know how long Watson was going to be out. And 
the schedule really doesn't make a lot of, of uh, sense until you know who's going to be playing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I so I have the schedule written down, and I mean it, it's kind of interesting, you know. Um, the Browns the Browns have eight home games and nine away games this year. I I assume it was flipped last season. So the most I assume that's what they're doing now with the 17 game season is you probably go every other year with an extra home game. That would make sense. So um, I don't know what they did last year, but I would assume that's that's probably how they're doing it. So, um, but just kind of looking at this, um, you know those 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 six games, um, you know I mean the first four games. Uh, at Carolina, home home against the Jets, home against uh, Pittsburgh on a Thursday, and then at Atlanta. Um, I know all the Pittsburgh fans would be you know screaming that Pittsburgh is going to kill the Browns and everything. But if you got to play somebody in the <laughs> division without Watson, you want it to be Pittsburgh at home, right? Um, right. You know that's probably I, the Browns' best that. chance. Yes. So, so you're still looking at, um, and, and I know that. The Chargers and the Pats are not games that you really want to play without him, but they're they're home games at least. And you also have um, out of these six games, four of them are at home. You know, and the two away games are Atlanta and Carolina. It's really, um, it, it's NFL. So, so no games are easy, point. but it's it's the easiest stretch of the schedule. Right. To, to Jeff's yes. point about the NFL and, and star players and stuff, it, it again, in convenience, it seems very interesting that the NFL put a fairly easy slate at the beginning when they were anticipating how long uh, he might be gone. And so yeah. I think that's an interesting thing. Like we're, we were a fourth place division. We were a fourth place. So we're playing the fourth place schedule, which is easier. But the setup for at home is ridiculously nice. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um so yeah, so they do. They start out with, um, you know, and then and then they're at Baltimore, and then they're, you know, um, where where uh, Watson will make his debut, and um, assuming nothing changes with the, uh, um, with the with a uh, appeal, um, right. and then his uh, then he plays in Cleveland on on Halloween against the Bengals. So the Browns have um, five out of their first eight games are at home. Um, and then they and then they get into a stretch on the schedule where where four out of five are on the road, and the one that's the one that's at home is against the Buccaneers. Ooh. So, so that's um, <laughs> I mean that that's a little tougher. Even though even though you're at Miami and you're at Houston, um, you know you're going to Buffalo and you're going to Cincinnati and you're hosting the the, the Buccaneers. That's that's still a pretty tough stretch. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking then, of Miami, did you guys hear about the, um, the the stuff with them with the tampering? Um, I yeah. saw. I really didn't look real <laughs> close at it, but yeah, I know the, there. The, <laughs> the tampering uh, and the whole thing where they were so they they were found uh, that they tampered pretty egregiously, and then there wasn't concrete evidence that Ross uh, told them to uh, tank games, but it was tangently there. That they were like, oh yeah, you should do that for better draft position. And they're like, oh, we're making a joke, but it probably wasn't a joke. So uh, yeah, Ross is suspended until through October. They lose their first round pick, and he can't be on any committees or anything for like the rest of the year or something. Mm. Nice. <laughs> uh, the little little news dump right after the Deshaun Watson stuff of that happened, kind of flew under the <laughs> yeah, radar. they kind of get buried. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, in the last four games this season, um, you know, they got uh, two at home, Baltimore, New Orleans, and then two on the road, Washington and Pittsburgh. So, um, no, I mean, the schedule's kind of split up to me, but, uh, um, you know, having... Baltimore's going to be interesting because our defense is definitely built to stop them and their style, like, of, of play. So, like, we saw that, I mean, even with Jackson playing, it was it was a tighter contest because of how our defense plays against them. So I think those games are going to be close again. Hopefully, um, it, even with them back at full strength. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. What are your thoughts on the schedule, Jeff? I mean, uh, you know, everybody's saying, you know, how many games do the Browns have to win, you know, out of the six? Um, you know, to me, if they go, uh, obviously you want them to go four and two, but if they go three and three, you know, you take your chances after mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. You know, in, in, but, a, uh, in a perfect world, you know, you'd love to have this schedule with the full complement of players and be able to mm-hmm. go out and win a bunch of games early. Um, yeah. But in, in reality, what we're really, I think what we're really trying to do this season is put this offense together in the first few weeks with our backup quarterback to the point that, that when our starter comes back, we're ready to start winning some, some games and, and really competing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you look at the, the, Schedule in the beginning, um, I think there are plenty of games where where we can do that. Um, the Steelers game, just to kind of finish the thought on that, doesn't scare me at all. Um, I think you made the point a few weeks ago, Rod, about, um, you know, uh, Josh Dobbs um, not being able to get any snaps behind a basically crippled Ben Roethlisberger. Last year, well, well, they still don't have anybody on that team that would get a snap ahead of a crippled Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. So no, I'm just not worried about the Steelers. Um, I think it's great that you know the schedule is set up that we play the Bengals and the Ravens uh, both times later in the season, mm-hmm. uh, so that you know we have a chance to to sort of get all our ducks in a row before we have to play those games. Um, and you know what? By that point in the season, you want to be playing the best teams in the league. You want to, you want that measuring stick. You want to know, okay, what are what are we capable of as a team? And and that's really what this season is about for me. It's it's proving that with you know a top five quarterback, a uh, top five wide receiver, um, you know hopefully a top five defense uh, that that you know we can be a legitimate contender. You know, even if things don't fall in line for us early in the season, we don't get to the right number of wins. um, I'll feel really good if we look like a playoff team toward the end of the season. Yeah, I think the the beginning is three and three would be uh, not ideal. I mean, six and oh would be ideal. That's not going to happen. Four and two would be nice. Uh, the, The New England game, as long as we don't show up like we did last year i think can be a little closer if Um, we show up yeah yeah if we actually show up that was right that but three and three can be realistic and that still gives us plenty of positioning to to do well and if watson comes back in the type of form that he should be and i'm sure there's going to be some rust the first game or so because he hasn't played in more than a year it's going to be a little challenging I'm not that scared of Cincinnati, though. I think just because maybe we're spoiled the last few years, but we've beaten them pretty. We've beaten them pretty consistently, and I don't really. Yeah. I'm not really scared of them. Pittsburgh, they always. They're always tough. It's like watching Ohio State and Michigan play sometimes. No matter how bad that team is, they're still gonna throw everything at us. Unfortunately, and um, I think that just the, their quarterback situation is a mess right now as well. So that that'll help us. Um, and if uh, Miles Garrett and, and Clowney can go off in that game, that can that can definitely help us. It's going to be a lot of running and defense, I think, at the beginning, and making sure Brissett does just enough to get us over the hump. And, and the Browns always play play the uh, the Ravens tough. You know, I, I know the Ravens mm-hmm. end up winning a lot of these games, but um, they seem to always be. They close have that games. annoying not to do it. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> And the other thing is the uh, the Browns have the bye after that uh, Cincinnati game on Halloween. So, I mean, it's a good place for the bye before they have those, uh, you know, um, four road games in five weeks. So um, That's what I mean, we had in the our playoff year. Right in the middle of the season, we had that bye week, which is perfect, which gave us enough things. And I, I think I'm with Jeff. I think we should have a pretty good defense this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what you hope. I mean, is, is by bringing back all those guys, and you know, mm-hmm. they're now in year two together. Um, not a lot of turnover. Um, that there's some cohesiveness early in the season, and you, you see, right. you know, we saw sort of sort of 
fits and starts with, with the defense where, you know, some weeks they looked really, really good. And then other weeks they didn't. Um, if we see that mm-hmm. more consistently early on, that keeps us in games. Uh, right. and, and I feel good about even, you know, with, with a backup quarterback, I feel good about our chances in a close game. Um, if our defense can play at that level and we can kick the damn ball. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that that started off well last year and then kind of fizzled out. So hopefully our our kicker is uh, is the real deal and goes from there. Uh, I don't Cade York. I don't know if he's missed yet in practice or training camp or anything. So I mean at least that's how it goes. So yeah, he's been consistent. Um, Yeah, yeah, like we've talked about, uh, you know, hopefully they just, um, you know, uh, stick with him. I mean, even if he misses a kick early. In the season, just just support yeah. the guy. Um, I, I think he's I think he's got what it takes, and uh, hopefully he'll be the kicker here for a long time. So, um, that's yeah. a finicky position behind quarterback. <laughs> it's it is a key position. Yeah, it's, it's so, definitely one that we need. Yeah, you gotta like. I, I always think it's it's better to just have one kicker on the team so there's no competition, so they can just focus on it. But. I know others think differently, but like I feel like it's one of those positions similar to quarterback. There's got to be a clear hierarchy of who's doing what. For for QB, there should be a clear hierarchy on kicker because they're both very lonely positions. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the makeup of the kicker, and mm-hmm. apparently this kid has the uh, has the makeup you want. So um, you know, and hopefully that's what we'll see. Yeah, he kicked through a fog. <laughs> that would be cool. Hopefully we can do that again for yeah. a win. Yeah. So, uh, so nothing binding here, guys. But looking at the looking at the schedule, and and um, assuming a six game suspension for Deshaun Watson, um, two things. And we've talked about what record we think it would probably take to make the playoffs. But um, what record do you think is attainable based on the schedule? And just kind of what you think of the team right now and what do you think it would take to make the playoffs? Um, I'll let you go first, Jeff. Hmm. Well, you know, the, the hard thing about this schedule game is every year teams beat teams they're not supposed to and yeah. they lose to teams that they're not supposed to. Right. Um, so you have to kind of factor those in. Um I feel like there's a real good chance that if this team plays well out of the gate on defense, that that we can be sitting um, probably three and one in the first four games. Uh Um, And then, you know, then we get into a couple of tougher games, right? But they're both at home. So I think we've got a good chance of taking one of those. So if if we end up four and two in the first six games, okay, which you know, that might be a little bit much, but um, then in the following eleven games, we only have to w- win what seven more? Yeah, and I think yeah. five of them are against beatable teams. So if you can play well at home against somebody that you know is the best or, or, you know, in that upper echelon um, of, of NFL teams, talent wise, playoff experience wise, and, and show them that, you know, Hey, yeah, we can play with anybody. Um, that's going to get you to 11 wins. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's to me, that's probably the threshold for us to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, you know, over 11, you're probably in under 11, you're probably out. Right. Um, in the AFC. So, um, you know, the, the the important thing, again, is, is, you know, do we play well against the teams that we're supposed to beat and, and get those easy wins? And then as the season wears on, you know, do we get better so that we can play against the best teams and go toe-to-toe? And, you know, gosh, that, that'll determine whether we've got the right people in the building, right? Right. Yeah, I think eleven and five is attainable, or eleven and six, sorry, is attainable depending upon one how Watson plays coming back. Because last year we saw if we had just had 
good quarterback play for in some games we could have we should have we could have won a lot more uh than than what we did and we did fairly decent considering everything um and you not just just good quarterback play but we had some issues on defense that could be adjusted and like jeff said if uh, another year in the system a little bit better we have some depth with people who have played in the backup roles that are playing a stuff so as long as there's no catastrophic injury to key people and we play consistently and watson comes out and plays like we think he's going to play i think 11 and 5 is possible i think the big thing is with our afc north we need to sweep at least one of those three teams and split the series with the other two to make it work yeah Yeah, you know what i was just going to add on that to that vince that um if we feel really good in our division you know, like like we were saying, you know, we're not too worried about Pittsburgh. We think we can play toe to toe with Cincinnati. We've we've proven that we can, and and if we've now got the formula to beat Baltimore, okay, well that's our way into the playoffs, right? If we can find a way to win the division by going five and one in the division, and then now it doesn't matter how many games up. you win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah, you're you right. Pick up six games from other spots, and we we've already said that there's at least three, at least three possible wins in the first six games. So there's there's your there's eight. So now you got to find three more. If you go, yeah, just just to, just to add on, guys. Um, not that these numbers mean anything, but uh, but lifetime uh, Browns against the Chargers are nine, eighteen, and one. Yeah. Uh, Browns against the Pats. 12 and 13. We should have won the Chargers game last year. That was frustrating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we just need to figure out how to stop them on fourth down. Yeah, that would be be helpful. So (laughs) hopefully this year will be a little bit different with with that. Uh, I just, I don't know what, that game was just very frustrating. And then, um, yeah, the Patriots game is always, you know, Belichick can scheme up a bunch of stuff. So hopefully we, it was like we were sleepwalking in that game. I don't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a nightmare. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Um, the eleven wins, um, and you look at the schedule. I don't see how they lose, how they, uh, how they don't win nine games, and you know, and then it's it's finding wins number ten and eleven. So yeah, um, well, yeah. They, they got to win that. If, they got to win that Steelers game early in the year. And then mm-hmm. you know what? If, Wait, if, Jeff, are you saying that's a must-win? I'm saying they got to beat the Steelers in that first that first game on September 22nd um, to to have a chance to get in as a division winner. Mm-hmm. So okay. if they beat the Steelers early and then can take care of business against the rest of the division later, that's our path in. Yeah. Even if we don't get to 11 wins. Yeah, well, true. someone needs to true. be able to figure out how to cover Mark Andrews in our in our games against the Ravens. He's the only, he kills us every year. So hopefully <laughs> we can just put somebody on him this time. But you know, I, I'm with you. I think that that Pittsburgh game is going to be important in determining how well our how well everything else works outside of the QB. If if it can be a even if it's a knockdown dryout thing like uh, the Vikings game was last year, where the defense did just en- the defense did well, and the offense did just enough to to get the win. Then that's going to be that'll be fine. It's like okay, we can survive, we can move forward, and so I think that's a mentality we got to have in the first six games: is survive in advance, and again, hope that Watson is uh, not horribly rusty that we end up blowing a lot more games because that's going to be real bad if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, uh, apparently uh, Joe Thomas was uh, was in camp today, um, <laughs> not to come out of retirement, but uh, um, working with the offensive line. I guess he spent a lot of one on one time with Jedrick Wills, which is always yeah. a good sight. Um, if you're gonna get some training from somebody other than Bill Callahan, it might as well be the uh, the, the future Hall of Famer. So mm-hmm. all right, definitely definitely cool to see. And um, definitely be nice to uh, to see a you know a step forward from uh, from Wills this year. And, I, uh, yeah, you know, and um, well, injuries you know didn't help him last year. So 
No, no. Um, you know, I think there's a lot lying on Wills and, and um, Nick Harris or whoever ends up starting at center. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if they get great, you know, if they can get, let's say, good play out of those two spots, then, uh, you know, it's going to really help the team. Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be key. And Wills did pretty decent his rookie year, and then got an ankle injury that never fully healed last year. So hopefully, yeah, it's tough. This the year three year three leap and having you know another voice in the room to kind of help a little bit will be good. I know Thomas isn't full time in there, but coming to camp to kind of share some tips is good. Well, well we know. Yeah. The silver lining in um, those guys getting hurt last year was that our depth piece has got a lot of playing experience. Yes. So, you know, so we have some some guys who are really ready to step in now um, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of depth in the offensive line department. So that will serve us really well because guys will get hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the ability for, for someone to step in and, and not have a significant drop off of, as we've talked many times, Rod, you know, you, you go from, you go from a pro bowl level player to what, when the next guy comes in, right. Um, yeah. Having that experience last year and, and knowing what these guys are capable of, um, and the great coaching that they get, um, in that system, um, you know, really bodes well for, for giving our quarterbacks a chance. Mm-hmm. And we were spoiled with Thomas at left tackle, too, for so many years. So Wills may be doing well on a normal average left tackle, but when you've had Hall of Fame play, right. uh, for you know, you, you've got you've got that. And then your your guard, your left guards probably could be a potential Hall of Famer if he keeps up what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that drop off and people wanted Batonio to play left tackle. And he's like, no, I'm a guard. So, you know. That that's also rose tinted glasses that we're looking through. That's a very good point. <laughs> You're not always going to have a Hall of Famer, <laughs> right? No, no, that's... definitely. But, I mean, we we know the character of Joe Thomas, and you know that when he gets with these guys, he's not going to do anything um, other than uh, you know leave them in a better spot than before he yeah. talked to them. So, oh. so definitely uh, very cool that he's doing that. Yeah. So, um. What, uh, you know, I think we've kind of been uh, waiting on this decision and stuff and kind of thinking that the Browns were waiting on this decision. We, Jeff, uh, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, in that the Browns still have some needs. And, uh, you know, um, I know they don't have a ton of cap room in that, but what do you think, uh, what do you think chances are the Browns uh, – now that uh, you know they know, I guess once this three-day period's over, anyways, um, what do you think chances are they they actually make some other signings now? Try to a, enhance a DT, the roster a little bit. Yeah, a DT, uh, maybe a wide receiver. I mean, um, I really didn't expect them to sign another wide receiver, but with all the guys injured right now, um, you know, maybe there's somebody might be willing to come in on a, a deal that they weren't willing to come in on, you know, a month or two ago. Yeah. I think, um, you know, once you get into camp, um, there's, there's those guys that haven't been signed. Um, there's also potential cap casualties that you'll want to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, any of those things are possibilities to, to improve the roster. Um I just think you have to see how some of the guys that you already have come together and perform um, over the next week and a half or so, or, you know, to, to get to that first preseason game. Um, and then as, as you start to see holes and opportunities and there'll probably be some fine tuning, but I kind of believe Andrew Barry's pretty happy with the roster as it's constituted right now. Um you know, you mentioned yeah. salary cap. I mean, there's room, um, and depending on how he chooses to approach 2023, right? Um, there's a possibility of you know, sort of going all in now with you know, 
bringing in a couple of uh, veteran type guys that um, would cost you some money that would fill some needs um, this season um, without really mortgaging next year. If, you know, if you're able to restructure some things next year and move things out into 2024, um, I don't know. There's just, there's still an awful lot of unknowns, you know, about Mm -hmm. how the first part of the season is going to play out. And Andrew Barry's got to be sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, I got all these cards. What am I going to do with them? You know, and, and, right. um, that's, you know, that's, that's why we feel so good about him is that he's shown that he's better than most at figuring out how to do that. The cupboard is well stocked. <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I think that. I think they're probably going to hold pat on a lot of the, the stuff. I think if they're going to bring in anybody, it'll be a veteran de- defensive tackle who's a cap casualty. And at right. that, they'll bring in on the, the minimum the salary. Um, I think that when I, if I read something correctly, they are 38 million under the cap currently. And they're like, it's like the most cap space, but a lot of that's going to get rolled over into next year when they really need it. When all like when ward stuff kicks in, Chubb stuff kicks in, uh, um, Watson stuff, all that's going to kick in, so they kind of need that cap space. Right. I think they're, yeah, the, they're comfortable the, the number, with wide receiver. The number Vince is uh, they're forty eight under right now. Oh wow! And they're thirty two, thirty three over next year. Okay, yeah, they're going to roll over a lot of that, so they're so they have right. some space. So I don't expect them really to sign. It, they didn't really draft. They, I mean, they drafted Winfrey. And they signed Tavius, Tavian Bryant or Tavius Bryant? Saban. For, Tavian Saban Bryant, Bryant. Thank you. Yeah. For mm-hmm. the defensive tackle spot. So my guess is they're really hoping that Elliott or Togiai really step up um, in that, have that big second year. We know Togiai is athletic enough to do it, and Elliott's been in the system for three years now, so he should be able to step up with that. Um, and I, I think... Um, I think they're probably going to hold Pat with the wide receivers. They're just going to wait till everybody gets healthy and go from there because Watson's been good with all types of receivers. So they're going to allow that to kind of play out. Um, and then I think if, if, like I said, if they do make a move, it'll be for a defensive tackle, minimum wage, minimum salary, one year deal type of thing. And they're going to constantly churn over the bottom of the roster. That's part of their bottom part of their thing. But I expect them to really roll over most of that cap space. I just look at the wide receivers available and if they could bring one of these guys in on a, a low deal, uh, Will Fuller, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, no, thank you to Cole Beasley. Uh, what's wrong with Cole Beasley? Uh, well, there's a lot of, he has a very, he has opinions that I don't fully agree with one and he's older. Uh, I he's, think he's, he's 33. I'm, and honestly, I don't really care what he thinks any more than what I care. I mean, you know, well, about he's got to be able to, he's got to be able to play if he if some of that stuff doesn't allow him to play. That's an issue. Right. So mm-hmm. hopefully that doesn't get in the way. And I think that's partially why he's not in Buffalo anymore and stuff like that. Okay. So okay. Uh, and and I think he got he's a pretty good receiver. That's all I know. I yeah. really don't know about his opinions, but. Um, I, I know I'd rather have I, Fuller, but he's injury prone. But I don't know if we want to sign any extra receivers uh, because of the cap situation. I really expect them to kind of ride it out. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of guys. But, <coughs> Excuse me. You know, there, there's just there's some guys out there that um, might be an upgrade over uh, over Derek Dillon, who they signed uh, <laughs> earlier yeah. this week. Uh, That's kind of my point. Dillon uh, might just be a, a camp a camp arm quote unquote, just like Rosen's. A camp yeah, I, th- arm. I think he is. Um, it's just when, when you have, uh, when you're at this point in camp and you got four wide receivers that are hurt right now. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't bode well for the season. Right. Well, I you know, you got guys the... with foot and leg injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um, what's your season going to look like? So to me, it's, it's, it's probably worth looking at some of these guys, seeing what they have, and seeing if you can get anybody in on a minimum deal. Yeah, and that that might not be till camp's over, and we'll see. Like because some be. some guys might hold out. Clowney like held out through most of camp last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So it might be something like that where they may just be kind of resting and recuperating and just holding off and waiting. 
But yeah, Fuller is one of those ones that names thrown on a lot, but he's injured quite a bit. So I don't know if that'll happen. You mentioned like Beasley, and I know that he was a little controversial in Buffalo, but he was a really good receiver for Josh Allen, but he wasn't resigned by them. Emmanuel Sanders has been old reliable. And he's thirty he's, he's thirty five years old, but he played pretty yeah. well last year. So, yeah. He's um, he's a he's a reliable guy and he's um and it'd be funny because he's a former Steeler to kind of not stick into that group, but you know. Yeah, I mean I, I really don't know about the rest of these guys, you know. Um DD Westbrook, I don't know what you know, I don't know what some of these guys have left. Um, right. But, you know, um you don't know, and and I'm with you. I, I believe that Watson, uh, you know, can do well with uh, with guys who aren't necessarily star wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but having guy having some more guys in with experience might not be a bad. Thing. Oh yeah, agreed, definitely. So, anyway, but I, I'm uh, definitely agreeing on the defensive tackle. Um, you know, I I would still like to see him bring one more guy in i just would yeah i just really would um yeah i'm trying yeah um, it's a lot of unknown particularly in the defensive tackle room that you're relying on like none of these none of these guys are surefire so no no they're not they're not you know uh, we we say this every year rod that the first 53 is not the final 53 Mm-hmm. Well, that that's a good point, Jeff. It really is. Um, yeah. Um, I'll just throw this out there. I I had a dream a few weeks ago, and I know that uh, I know that there's bad blood there, but I dreamed that the Browns re-signed Sheldon Richardson. So don't discount that. Oh, that'd okay. be nice. It could yeah, happen. I wouldn't mind that. Could happen. <laughs> He's probably the most desirable defensive tackle out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, uh, but we'll see. I mean, uh, I, I just, I just don't feel like there's a lot of size, you know, to, to some of these guys. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see, but yeah, I love the rest of the defense. So, you know, yeah. so I um, do too. Good depth, which is good. Yeah. Experience depth. Yeah. So, so guys, I, you guys both know it because you're because you read it, but I wrote my first article on geez, probably months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do a quick advertisement because I don't know if everybody saw it, but um, it's it's an it's titled uh, "Controversy at Quarterback is Nothing New for the Cleveland Browns." And if you haven't had a chance to read it, give it a read. It's um it's kind of a history of the Browns. Uh, quarterbacks um i don't go through everybody on the jersey but i go through a lot of pertinent guys um i kind of kind of quit um what when i quit kind of after uh um i kind of kind of took a skip from uh from uh i think from bernie pretty much um i i mean i mean i mentioned uh, testa birdie taking over for him but Mm -hmm. um from him up to kind of up to baker and you mentioned couch. jersey in between, but yeah, you went over couch and then the the jersey. Oh, that's true. You, I, you you skipped briefly to Manziel and Hoyer because that was your most frustrating time. And then I did. Uh, yeah, I did mention a few other guys, but yeah, but um, it it's kind of cool going. It it was kind of cool for me to learn more about the the older quarterbacks. Yeah, um, guys, I had guys I really didn't know anything about, so I spent a lot of time doing research and learned some stuff. And um, the the impetus for this article was uh, was me reading um, kind of a uh, a uh, an autobiography um, by uh, by Lou Groza, where mm. where he mentioned uh, Milt Plum and him being traded to Detroit after having these two Pro Bowl seasons and. That kind of got me thinking of how much Milt Plum reminded me of, of you know, of of him being outspoken, or at least so it sounded, and mm-hmm. that kind of reminded me of Baker, you know, not the Pro Bowl seasons, <laughs> but being outspoken, yeah. and then being 
saying, hey, we don't need you here. Um, so that kind of got me to start digging. And uh, um, once you start looking, it seems like there's controversy almost every time there's a quarterback change. <laughs> almost every time there's some kind of controversy. Uh, yeah, it's a little different than what we're dealing with now. But yeah, it's a lot of, lot of on-field issue stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, uh, you know, goes back to Paul Brown and him being the coach. So so uh, um, it probably wasn't controversial at the time because he was Paul Brown and things just were done his way. Mm-hmm. But uh, but in today's society with 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 Twitter and with ESPN and everything, a lot of stuff that happened back then would be really questioned and put under the microscope now. <laughs> Could you imagine the move happening during Twitter? Oh my gosh! Oh my, it'd be nuts. My, I think my favorite part of your article though was when you talked about how Bernie manipulated the uh, supplemental draft, and I, I partially like that because Bernie's from my hometown. Literally, we're both from Boardman, and it oh. uh, it's always uh, it's always fun to hear stories from him and listening about how he was like, no, I'm going here, and he set that up, which could be controversial, especially today. Like, why is he doing it this way? You know, the whole. <laughs> It's, it's not going to be any, I'm sure people would try to compare him to Manning or um, Elway, even Elway's thing, if this was today's, in, in Twitter today. But that that story always cracks me up. But the other stuff, I, yeah. I mean, I'm too young to remember half of the quarterbacks you put in there. <laughs> but well, I, I was too. like, oh, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I'm not as young as you, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't remember anything before Brian yeah. Seib, So uh, Right. So, yeah. I knew about Otto Graham, but I didn't really know about some. I knew Frank Ryan, I think, briefly, but I never heard of Plum. And uh, it was just, I thought it was interesting reading through that. I was like, wow, there is a lot of like injury or disagreement. So you're getting moved or something like that. Yeah. And for some reason, I had no, I, I did not know that the, that the, um, that the pick for uh, um, shoot, no, I'm forgetting. Um, for uh, the um, that the pick that the became the the pick that became Ozzie Newsom was for yeah. um, the quarterback, you know, right? Yeah, it was for the quarterback who um, who was before uh, Brian Sipe, Jeff, Mike yeah. Phipps. I had no idea that that was the case either. So so that was cool. Um, a little Browns history, but uh, yeah. That was a fun article. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to write. So if you guys are in, into history and or Brown's history and care about stuff before the move, then yeah. Is, that should be your next podcast, Brown's history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sure, Jeff, you want to study we'll up to on get that? Some people older. We'll have to get some people <laughs> older than us on. <laughs> well, I'll see if Bill can come on. He said he went back to... Uh, is it Bill Nelson? He said um, Bill Nelson. He saw Bill Nelson play and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's going back. At, I mean, that's going back pre Frank Ryan. Yeah, so, that's um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, Good article. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, fun to write, definitely. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, we've. Uh, We've had a lot of fun covering some good stuff tonight, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, Vince. Um, good to have you. And we'll try not to wait. Uh, what What was it? Six years? Three <laughs> Something years? Something like oh probably God. three years. Whenever you yeah. started it, I don't know. Skype was telling me one year that was different, and you're like, nope, I never started it then. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll definitely do it uh, uh, more soon than we did, you know, this time. Uh, next time new and we are we really are going to try to do one of these in person locally and vince is going to be a part of that it's just yeah, uh, co- that'll be co- fun yeah COVID's kind of messed it up but there's a group of us down here in dayton that are going to try to get together and do one in person and um yeah hopefully we'll make that happen before too long so yeah so, definitely uh, it was nice to work with jeff on this one too it's the first time i've gotten to work with him on a pod 
So well, I appreciate that, Vince. Not many people yeah. say that they enjoy working with me. <laughs> well, it's, it's just good conversation between you two and just that the fact that we can have disagreements on stuff and it's not like screaming or anything like that. Um, so well, it, it, was, it know, was good conversation. That's a lot easier to do when you're behind the keyboard than when you're right. talking to somebody in person. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Jeff, I'll see if I can get that little bit that Vince said and use that as a promo about you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, Vince, you have any words in closing? Oh, no. Just thanks for having me on. Uh, hopefully that this season's going to be better than last season. And uh, go Browns. All right. Jeff, Jeff, anything in closing? Yeah, I'll just say this, that um, I drove by the Hall of Fame today and preparations are underway for the hall of fame game oh, yeah. um you can yeah. see all the tents being set up and everything um we're 10 days away from our first preseason game so hang in there guys it's right around the corner Woo-hoo. 10 days wow yeah i've been given a countdown and i kind of let it drop this week so <laughs> thanks for that jeff well done well done All right, it's been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.